Welcome to your podcast Inside SAP S4HANA. There is no customer success without product and project success. I am Yannick Peterschmidt from SAP, and today I would like to talk about UX user experience. This topic is absolutely crucial because it is the first contact you have with the software and probably one of the last impressions you'll bring with you getting off work. And to talk about UX, about user experience, I cannot think about a better candidate than Jocelyn Dart, a member of the regional implementation group in the APJ region. And as UX is so important, Jocelyn and I decided to run a series of three podcasts on that topic that call the series Fury Adoption Strategies. So now you know, make sure you really stay tuned with that one. So warm welcome, Jocelyn. Why don't you introduce yourself first, please? Uh, thanks. Thanks, Yannick. My pleasure. Um, yes, so I am based in Sydney, Australia, um, and I've been with the Regional Implementation Group now um, uh, about two and a, two and a bit years uh, and enjoying that very much. Uh, and I really like working at that international and regional level because um, essentially the group, we have regional responsibilities for certain customers but uh, we work a lot with international colleagues, so we get to hear what's happening around the world. And, of course, we talk to our uh, local customers as well and see them at events and conferences and sometimes face-to-face, which is always good. Great. I think a lot of people know you, right, especially people around S4HANA, S4HANA environment. But why don't you just tell us something that people would not know about you, Jocelyn? Ah, okay. Well, uh, one of the things that people wouldn't know about me is that I sing in a choir. Uh, That choir normally has anywhere between around 60 to 80 people. And we have people from from their 20s through to their 90s, 90 years of age in the choir, which is pretty fun. Um, And it's full uh, soprano, alto, tenor, bass. Uh, And I actually have a very deep singing voice. So I end up singing tenor, which is actually a lot of fun. The guys' parts are much more fun. I'm impressed because I'm a bad singer myself. So <laughs> I would love to have skills <laughs> like that. I have others, but not that one. Definitely not. Okay. As uh, as we said in introductions, this topic is so important that we're not going to have only one podcast on Fiori adoption strategies, but a series of three. The first one now is about what are S4HANA customers doing you know, today? You know, what are you seeing? How are you helping them on these Fiori adoption strategies? Um, then we'll have a follow-up session with you on Fiori adoption strategies and talk about what makes for success or failure. And we're, of course, very much looking forward to hearing your um, experience from the different projects. And then we'll run another um, last series on Fiori adoption strategies to talk about um, we'll start Fiori now, even if S4HANA might come a little bit later in the project. But for today, let's focus on well, what are our S4HANA customer doing? Please share with us a few things about ways customers are adopting SFE Fioris. Um, for me, it's of utmost importance because, again, as I said, it's the first thing that end users see when they... Uh, Touch S4 for the first time, and a lot of our end users have a, a lot of a, more than one decade 
in ERP. And I've been mm. seeing a lot of things, you know, from the eventually even R2, R3, then ERP moving from SAPGUI, WebDean Pro ABAP, WebDean Pro Java. So there's a history in UX. Um, but what is the state of the art today? Oh, uh, yes, that's that's interesting. And uh, I mean, the thing that I find actually quite exciting and uh, gives a lot of flexibility to how you approach S4 HANA um, is that while I absolutely agree, you need to do some Fury because Fury is how business users consume S4 HANA innovations. So it's the easiest way to show new business value to people. Um, but um, the way that S4 HANA has actually been planned and the roadmap that we followed actually means you've got a lot of choices there in how you want to do it. So you can do everything from a very simple minimalist approach, just start with a small area, get people used to it, through to full-blown as much fury as you can handle. And we see all of those, that full range of uh, approaches on different projects. The other thing that, sorry, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Well, the other thing I was going to say, and I think this is something um, we're starting to point out more and more to customers as we get further along this journey, is that it's not just the business user experience that moves, moved into Fiori. There's actually a lot of uh, configuration has moved into Fiori, not just Fiori, for, but for also for GUI. So uh, even if you think, oh, I'm not ready to turn it on to my production system, you really at least want to turn it on in your development system. Otherwise, it can get a little bit tricky to make some basic extensions like adding custom fields. Would you say that there are a lot of customers who might ask why they should adopt Fiori today at all? Uh, yes. I mean, it's often one of those questions that you get, particularly from system conversion customers who have a long history in GUI for Windows. And um, they sort of come from a, you know, if it's not, if it's, if it ain't broke, don't fix it uh, type of approach. Uh, my People know what they're doing. They're all fully trained. They can run along and do it, and I don't want to disturb them. And, I mean, that's understandable from a people psychology point of view, but, of course, it ignores the fact that um, uh, there's always new people coming in. There's always people changing roles. The harder it is for people to get to grips with that user experience, the harder it is for them to transition around the organisation and in and out of the organisation. Um, so that's one aspect of it. And the other aspect of it, as I mentioned before, is, is really it's how you consume the s 400 innovations. If you don't, uh, you need to give Fiori to people so that they can actually start to see the new value that s 400 is bringing. And it's interesting that a lot of the new processes that we're bringing into s 400 uh, things like um, group reporting, uh, central procurement, demand-driven MRP, a lot of the machine learning, the new Fiori situations, uh, all of these things really you can only get the benefit if you get if you get into the Fiori side of things. How how do people understand that there's um, quite a bit of configuration actually that has moved into Fiori, and this is quite a difference between you know the the classical GUI that we had before. So what's the adoption level here? Yeah, um, what we find is there's a few specific roles uh, that you can pick up that have most of the configuration. 
And one of those is the analytics role. So nearly always one of the things, the first thing customers want to do is say, okay, well, of the new value, the the low-hanging fruit for me is embedded analytics. So I'd like to turn some of that on. And of course, the first thing you start to realize as you do that is, okay, so all the tools that I need to configure that, to adjust thresholds, uh, to adjust ranges for, say, key performance indicators, all of that is done through Fiori now. So you start to see that that's happening in Fiori. Um, and then you get to things like doing some simple, uh, adding some custom fields, creating some custom analytical queries. And again, that's all done through Fiori apps. So it's Fiori apps that help you adapt Fiori apps, other Fiori apps. So would you say that the, the power of the configuration, you know, do the things that I'd like to have, is it now more going to the end user or is it some like a pretty centralistic approach with admin roles that do role per role the configuration? What is the balance here? Yeah, there's definitely um, some apps for the admin user. Uh, there's also quite a few apps and some really nice features for what we call the key user. And I often get asked, you know, what is the key user? And my answer to that is, well, the key user is whoever you authorize to make these sorts of changes because that's going to be different for different customers. For some, it will actually be their IT team or a central te team. Uh, for others, I've seen them say, well, we actually have a central process governance group that we want to control some of these things. And of course, when you're on your initial project or when you're doing uh, rolling waves of projects, then it will often be some of the functional consultants um, and your user experience consultant themselves. Okay. Now, putting myself in the shoes of of the end users, uh, which which we all are, by the word SAP2, what is the simplest approach, the simplest way to adopt Fiori? You know, most some some customers are really risk averse, or have time constraints or budget constraints, which is absolutely normal, right? But nonetheless, you need to start somewhere, right? If you want to adopt S4, so what is the simplest way, let's say, to adopt Fiori at all? Ah, well, yes, that's interesting. And of course, when we first started on the S4 HANA journey, uh, we saw a lot of customers basically stick with GUI because they didn't know, uh, they were unsure about moving into Fiori and they weren't sure how to do it. Um, and that gets tricky because, again, if you don't do the Fiori, it's hard to prove the, the business value. So the simple ways, some of the things that we see, for instance, is, okay, at least let's get everybody to the Fiori launch pad. And instead of going through a SAP logon, uh, uh, through the SAP logon sort of native app that sits on your desktop, we'll go through the browser, through the Fiori launch pad, and then at least we don't have to distribute this extra piece to everybody's machine. So you get an uh, immediate benefit there from uh, immediate operations benefit. Um, I was sort of a bit surprised when I heard that people were doing that because to me, while you can get some value for business users from some of the central features like Fiori Search, uh, like the App Finder, the easy access menu baked into the Fiori Launchpad, the notifications um, and default user defaults and those sorts of things, it's still quite limited value if everything after that is a classic UI. Um, but um, uh, I can understand that from an operation point of view. Um, the better approach, I think, of the more simpler ones that I've seen 
is something that I've seen happen, particularly at some of uh, the customers who were getting into Eswahana in uh, Eswahana 1610 and 1709. Uh, at that stage, we had maybe 560, uh, 500 to 600 Fioriats available, So, which, I mean, it sounds like a lot, but when you start looking across all your processes, it's it's not huge. So there was still, okay, I want some Fiori, but I've still got a lot of classic UI. Uh, and one of the nice ways they did that was to take the business client with Launchpad connection approach. Now, I quite like this one because it's sort of a best of both worlds. You're setting up your Launchpad as exactly as you do uh, for the web browser, so there's no difference, which means you can run your business client on your desktop and you can run your web browser on your tablet or your phone. Um, but uh, when I'm on my desktop and I launch out to a classic UI, a particular GUI transaction, I launch out into GUI for Windows. So where you've got risk-averse uh, risk business and users who are already heavily trained in GUI for Windows, that sort of gives them some little bit more comfort and familiarity on that journey. So it's still a good option. Okay, that sounds good. And what are the typical roles you would start with, you know, for like those risk-averse customers, you know, something that's really safe? Um, well, uh, there's an, about 20 roles that actually have a lot of uh, fury. So I went through and counted recently, and um, some of those are the ones you would absolutely expect. So they're things like the accounts payable accountant, the general ledger accountant, um, the procurement, the purchase of the strategic buyer. So those sorts of uh, bread and butter roles that pretty much every organization does, those always have quite a lot of content, mainly because that's where the S400 journey started. So those are good places to say, okay, let's bring them something new. We can definitely give them something, some nice analytics, some nice Fiori apps um, to sort of manage and monitor their day. Uh, maybe some nice overview pages because a lot there's a lot of those now. There's over 50 of those. Um, and, you know, where they're not ready yet to maybe do everything in Fiori, we can always navigate back over to a classic user interface. And the what I really like, um, and actually one of my customers uh, recently said on their own podcast, uh, is this is the one thing that one of the things they're really looking forward to as for HANA is that, insight to action navigation, which means that app to app navigation is really natural and really easy to do. And uh, uh, it comes out of the box. And then if you want to, you can adjust it very easily. So it sounds quite easy, actually. What you're saying is if you focus on the, the bread and butter business, which everyone needs, actually, the adoption will be quite fast. Is it correct? Uh, if you focus on the bread and butter business, it's easy to start to show value. And that then encourages, uh, gives you something that you can show to other groups and say, okay, well, let's look at what's available in your area, get a bit of excitement going, get a bit of fear of missing out going, um, and encourage steps into other areas. Okay. Now let's change a bit the perspective or the boundary conditions. So let's assume you have a customer with more time to think it through and to really invest in you know, some user research and have a look at what they need. What is then the approach in that case? Okay, so then uh, what I see customers doing is a more targeted approach, and this is what we talk where we talk about showcase roles or showcase processes, where they've really thought about which is the the best process that's going to give me the the maximum value, 
and I'll focus all of my efforts around that. Maybe I'll leave the, the rest of the organisation much as they are, but I'll build something that's a real showcase uh, for what we're doing. It's a live showcase and it's also bringing significant value to the business. So one of the ones um, here, for instance, uh, that I immediately comes to mind to me was Honda, who's a, an automotive uh, automotive customer. And they decided they would focus everything on their dealers, who are the people who sell cars for them. Uh, and they put everything around that. It was very targeted. Um, they had about 40 apps. It was all nicely organized and nicely themed. Very, very successful. Very few uh, issues on go live. They actually were saying <laughs> it was lovely watching them at conferences um, over the over the year after they went live because they were selling to everybody. You know, we had um, hardly any issues. We had even several months later, we had less than five percent usability issues. It was the smoothest go live ever. Um, and I'm actually shepherding it because they're in the process of upgrading to 1909 now. And that's going very smoothly as well. Um, uh, of some of our more recent customers, uh, I can see some of them are now heading towards things like, okay, let's target that and maybe look at those cockpits that help people understand their day as the centre of that process or as the centre of that role. So you think, see things like um, centering on some overview pages to get people into their role or maybe some of uh, fit, focus on some of the intelligent features. Um, so maybe specific machine learning or robotic process automation that gives them specific value. Sure, so I think there's always those customers who are using S4HANA to do the digital transformation. How do then they approach the topic of user experience? Okay. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I have got one of the really big ones uh, and I look after them directly and I've been doing that for a while now. It's a big multi-phase project. It's a full-on digital transformation. They're doing S4 HANA and just about every SAP cloud solution you can think of. Um, and that gives them a lot of benefits, but more scale also, of course, means you need to take more care. So their approach is Fiori first. Uh, I have in each area, all of their functional consultants are told, you know, look at the Fiori apps first. We want to try and use those if they possibly can. Um, and you should always consider the classic UI as the worst case fallback if um, we run out of options for our particular processes. Um, so that's uh, useful and it is important, I think, to understand that it's Fiori first, not Fiori only, because, of course, in this journey we're on with Fiori, we're not just taking old GUI transactions and creating a like-to-like -like with a, you know, it's not just a, a new screen with a new theme. We're actually looking at the process all over again at what the, each role and each task of that role needs to do and each Fiori app is now centred on a uh, specific task for a specific role and how that, that flows throughout their day. Um, so you do need to look quite hard at that, and that means, you know, we don't cover every task and every role all at once, but we start to build that chain. Okay. Now we're approaching the end of this episode, but I'd like you to kind of summarise. Like if there's something 
you'd like to say to 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 everyone listening, our customers, our partners that are about to start an ACP S four hundred journey? What would that be? Okay, so my main message to people is: look, there's lots of options, and there's lots of ways you can scale this to suit your journey, to suit where you need to prove business value, and to suit your organizational change management constraints and challenges. But the main thing is at least make a start. Once you make a, my father was always um, always keen to say, you know, the best way to get anything finished is just to make a start. As soon as you make a start, you learn a lot of things, you get a lot of initial learnings, you start to see how this is all going to fit together, you start to see what works and what doesn't for your own organisation, those learnings really help you on the journey forward of continuous improvement and taking on more value as you go. Um, I think one of the things is even if you're very, very time constrained and you think, okay, um, at least I'm going to take that uh, technical conversion approach, which personally I don't like because I think you should always prove value. But even if you do that, there's a couple of things you really need to do. One is set very clear expectations around when people are going to see new business value. Communication is really critical in any organisational change management journey. And the other thing is at least start getting some of your foundation in place to make the next steps of those journey that journey easy. Um, so that might be, for instance, turning on some of those configuration apps, making sure your architecture is in place, um, and maybe turning something on in your SAMPED or a development client so people can start to try those out and you have already your next wave working through. Uh, the other thing that I would say is really try and think about that day one experience for your business user, whoever they are, uh, and what it's going to look like to them. Because like you said, their first contact with the system is going to be fury. <laughs> Um, you want that to be a really good experience, especially for those very first users, those very first roles you choose. Jocelyn, that's a lot of information, and it's only the first episode we want to run together. <laughs> Thanks a lot for being with me today. Thanks for sharing your personal experience when it comes to Fury implementation. Uh, I think this is great learnings uh, for me and for people subscribing to the podcast. I think my takeaway for that episode is that there are lots of ways to suit the journey. Um, the next thing would be to understand what really makes the journey a success or a failure. And I think you've learned quite a lot about that. And you've been able to make a lot of customers very successful along this journey. So I'd like with that to thank you again for sharing your personal implementation experience. and. Uh, I'm looking forward to running the second episode on Fiori adoption strategies that we call What Makes for Success or Failure. If you like this episode, please share it. If you'd like us to cover any additional specific topics of your interest in that matter, please drop us an email with insidess 4 at acp.com. So stay tuned for our next episode and be inside S4HANA. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.